to brothers of the word because brother you need the word and today we're going to be studying from the book of Mark 10th chapter beginning at the 35th verse for those of you who are watching me on television you can see that my attire is strange for a service for those who are listening via airjesus.com or other electronic means you can't see what I have on but I will explain it to you in due time Mark chapter 10 beginning at the 35th verse I'll be reading the New King James Version and it reads thus then James and John the sons of Zebedee came to him saying teacher we want you to do for us whatever we ask and he said to them what do you want me to do for you they said to him Grant us that we may sit one on your right hand and the other on your left in your glory. But Jesus said to them, you do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They said to him, we are able. So Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink the cup that I drink. And with the baptism I am baptized with, you will be baptized. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it is prepared. And when the ten heard it, they began to be greatly displeased with James and John. But Jesus called them to himself and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them and that their great ones exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever of you desires to be first shall be a slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom many. And I want to talk to you today from the subject of the question of servant or self-serving. Servant or self-serving. Turn to the person next to you and ask them the question, are you a servant or are you self-serving? You see, really, Jesus' entire platform of how you related to your fellow human being and, and what James and John, what they were asking, they were asking, Lord, can we sit by you in your glory? Can we be upheld with you? Can we sit on a seat up high? Can we be on your left and, and be on your right as you lift it up so all men can? Can we be there with you? And what they asked, the other ten disciples got mad with them. Because I could hear the murmuring, I, I could hear the conversation among the other ten. Who do they think? Repeat it. You're complete sin. Who do they think? Exactly. And that was what they were asking. Who do they think they are? We're out here walking through all of the dust, going through the highways and the byways. We're out here with Jesus. We're out here risking our lives. Who in the world do they think they are asking 
asking to be elevated, leaving us down here. See, that was the real problem. Y'all said that was the problem. So you have to understand where the real problem is. The other ten would not have been as upset. As a matter of fact, they would not have been angry at all. They wouldn't have been displeased at all if James and John had said, Master, can you take the twelve of us up there with you? Then the other ten wouldn't have had a problem. See, the problem they had really was not that James and John wanted to be elevated. The problem they had, they were going to be left behind. James and John were going to be sitting up on the throne next to Jesus, and there they were. That's the real problem. That's why you always have to understand the real problem. The real problem was that they were going to be left behind. But Jesus said, oh, no, 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 no. you got to understand some things. So first of all, are you willing to drink from the cup? That I'm going to drink from. And see, people, that was a bitter cup. Matter of fact, the cup was so bitter, Jesus didn't even want to drink from it. At the end, when it really, see, it looks, see, some of this stuff looks good from a distance. But when you get right down to it, when it gets, when, when the lashes start biting into your flesh, when you start dealing with the nails driven into your hand, when the stuff really gets, see, sometimes people, even points of leadership, they, they look glorious from a distance, but by the time, that's why I don't criticize the president. I understand. You all say, I understand. And that's why I don't, now the president is not perfect by, by no means, but you try to get up there and please 300 million folks. Everybody has their own agenda, and then you got all this secret stuff that you got to deal with that you can't tell the public about. And I'm not saying there's not a lot of corruption and a lot of evil. I'm not saying that it's not that. But I'm simply saying I couldn't do a better job. Because if I got up there, it'd be a whole lot of folk mad with me. It'd be a whole lot of folk out demonstrating, talking about what Pastor Braun are doing, talking about this. It'd be a whole lot of sign waving, this, that, and that. It'd be a whole lot of folk be mad at me. And it'd be a whole lot of folk mad at you, too. Because some of the stuff is just, you can't even do stuff without making folk mad. I don't care which road you take, you can't even go down the middle without making folk mad. So some of this stuff I understand. So leadership is not just as cut and dried and flowery and easy as it may appear looking at it from a distance. So sometimes that cup, people, is bitter. Jesus understood what James and John did not. And when it got down to it, even Jesus himself said, Father, if there be any way, take this cup, this bitter cup from me. And yet, Jesus explained to them that if you really want to get what you really want and what you're really asking of me, you're asking to sit in my glory. You, you're asking to be elevated. You're asking to be seen and admired of all. You're asking to be risen up. You're, you're asking to be great. And Jesus told them, if you really want to be great, it's not what you think. It's not just sitting on my left and sitting on my right. It's not just that. He said, if you really want to be great, turn to the person again next to you and ask them, do you really want to be great? You, you see, some of this stuff, I, I, I know that I, I was contacting a trainer for my son to get him into shape. And he began to tell me, he said, I'm rough. He said, man, I get out, I run 10 miles a day, I, 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 I do 500 push-ups, I get the folks I'm working, I mean, I grind them to a nub. And I said, you know, I really want to do a triathlon myself. He said, I'm the man. He said, matter of fact, they call me the beast. He said, I will grind for, I, I'll have you sweating, I'll have, and he went on to describe 
what he does. And, I, and by the time I got through listening to him, <laughs> by the time I could mentally imagine all of the physical pain and strain and turmoil that he would send my body through, by the time I got through listening to all that, I said, when it really boiled down to I didn't know he wouldn't go through all that for I really don't. I want to complete a triathlon, but if I have to go through all of that with the beast, I'm going to just let that go. <laughs> so, so, so there are some things that when we really understand what it takes to get it. I am in business, and when I started my business, a lot of people want to be president of a company. They want to be in the part that they don't want to do. They don't want to do like I did and go seven years investing all of your money without any kind of salary. That's the part they don't want to do. They want to get to the point where they sit in the seat when it is successful, but they don't want to go through the point of where they go through the training, through the strain, through the sacrifice, through the denial. They don't want to go through. They don't want to build a cup. See, we want the feast. We want the seat, but we don't want the bitter cup. Jesus said, if you want to be great, those among you who would be great, it's not a matter of sitting next to me on this throne. It's not a matter of sitting here and basking in the glory. It's not a matter of that. If you would be great, you must be the servant of all. And that's the problem. Y'all say that's the problem. And you see, people, that's a real problem. And that's why I have on today, I have on an apron and a bib. And an apron and a bib, they represent the two fundamental spirits and the two fundamental mentalities of mankind and womankind. They represent the spirit of those who are a servant. And they represent the spirit of those who are self-serving. And the church is not a filter of the two. <laughs> Let me give you another big flash. The pulpit is not a filter of the two. I never will forget one of the richest men in America. I heard him speak. He's deceased now. He's John Johnson, the founder and publisher of Ebony Magazine. And he said as he was growing up in a small southern town that he looked around to see who had the best deal in the city. And as he looked to see who had the best deal, he said the preacher had the best deal. Preacher drove a Cadillac. Preacher always wore nice clothes. Preacher had a nice house. Everybody fed the preacher. Everyone looked up to the preacher. Preacher didn't have to do any real hard work. He said he looked around to see who had the best deal. It was a preacher. And he said at that time he had decided that he would be a preacher because the preacher had the best deal. And let me tell you something about John Johnson. Had he have chosen to become a preacher, he would not have been a small preacher. He'd have been the biggest preacher in the time, if not in the state. He'd have been a mega preacher. He would have been awesome. He'd have rocked people. He'd have shook them. He'd have had them dancing in the aisles. He would have studied, and he would have been the best there was, because that was his nature. The man went to the top, whatever he did. But he would not have become a preacher to save your soul. He would have become a preacher because the preacher had the best job benefits. When he looked at the whole compensation package, the preacher's package looked better than anyone else's. He would have become the best that there was 
but he would have been a bib mentality. And you see, people, when we are young, we need bibs. We need our mothers to put bibs on us, to spoon feed us. And the bib mentality says, feed me. Even in a survey among churchgoers, they were asked what was the purpose of church. And 88% of the people who answered the survey said the purpose of church is to see about me. And to see about my family. And to give me this. And to give me that. The 88% of churchgoers said the purpose of church was to put a bib on me. Only 12% of churchgoers had an apron mentality and spirit. The vast majority wore bibs. And as I went back to put on the bib, I, I discovered something even about the bib. And I got these bibs from Minister Stephanie. And, and, and as I put the bib on, the bib is for her children, but usually we don't have adult-sized bibs in our house. My, my wife didn't have any adult-sized bibs. And, and as I began to put the bib on, I, I noticed something about the bib that was spiritually symbolic. The bib had a small hole for the head, and my head was too big for the bib. <laughs> Most people who are bib mentalities have big heads. And, and I saw this because, you see, people, in order to be a true servant, it requires humility. It's hard to be a servant with a big head. It's hard to be a servant when you think you're this and, and you think you're that and you think you're so elevated and so good-looking and so smart and so talented. And It's hard to be a servant with a big head. So I, I saw as I struggle to put on a child's bib, that often the reason we cannot put on bibs because our heads are too big. And then as I put the apron on, I was tempted at first to put the apron on the reverse side because this apron has a brand name. It has a store name on the front. And I didn't want to particularly advertise another business as I stood here in the pulpit. But as I looked at it, I saw even revelation in the name. This is a Lowe's building supply apron. You've got to get down low to serve. And, and I saw it. When Jesus, as he came to the disciples to wash their feet, do you know you cannot wash another man's feet without bending down? <laughs> there's no way if I want to wash see Elijah's feet, there's just no way I can wash his feet. I've got to do either one or two things to wash his feet. I either have to bend down or lift him up. I got to do one of the two things. <laughs> That there is no way, and, and you see, the problem that, that so many of us have, and why we cannot be a servant spirit, why we cannot wear an apron, why we continually demand to be, the problem is our head is too big and our neck is too stiff, and we will not bend our knees nor our back. And as a result, you can't wash like this, so you've got to bend something. You, you just can't do it. You, you've got to bend down. You've got 
something to help another person, you just can't do it. Stiff necked and stuck up with the big head. And that's why so many of us are still wearing bibs. And, and you see, even as I looked at this Lowe's apron, it says improving home improvements. Do you know how much it would improve our home if we just put on more aprons and took off some bibs? <laughs> I mean, when I, when I deal with marriage counseling, and oftentimes I'll deal with couples, and, and, and what I'm looking at often are two people fussing across the table, both of them with big bibs on. <laughs> Pastor, you don't understand. He doesn't do this for me, and he won't do this, and he won't do that, and he won't make me feel like this, and he won't do that. He said, but Pastor, you don't understand. She won't do this for me. She won't do that for me. She won't make me feel like this. She was shut. And ever they sit there arguing across the table with big bills on. And if we could just get low, put on some apron, it would improve our homes tremendously. If we could just put on an apron. Am I a servant? Or am I self? Serving. It takes strength, vision, and deliberate effort to move away from the bib. The bib is the way of the world. It, it, it's the way, unfortunately, now from the, from the boardroom to the bedroom. Everybody wants to be served. Nobody wants to serve. And because of that mentality, it's created a coldness from the boardroom to the bedroom. Everybody wants to be served, but no one wants to put on the apron. I just want to just give you three quick and easy things, not necessarily easy, but at least simple, that, that, that you can do to help improve your apron-wearing ability. First of all is this. You need to serve in the small stuff. You need to serve in the small stuff. It's no need in trying to do grandiose stuff until you first master the little stuff. And you can begin by just serving other people. And if you have a servant mentality, and it does not necessarily always mean physical, because oftentimes, people, our areas of greatest service needs are in our minds and spirits. To just lift someone up. And you don't have to polish their shoes, but you can do wonders to just polish their image. Do you know you will do more for a person if you tell them how good they are looking than if you get down to polish their shoes? If I walk over to see Elijah and say, man, good grief, I'm so glad. I, you, man, you good looking. <laughs> you, you see how I can't help but let you see that? <laughs> now, 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 look. See, Elijah may know that I am, he may think I'm just using this as a sermon illustration. But, but let me show you something. Man, you one of the best looking men I've seen. You see that? You see that? You see that? Preaching is just so awesome and dynamic. Man, you would. I, when I hear you speak, it just sends something all through me. You're one of the best preachers who ever lived. And I'm not sure if anybody dead has even been better than you. You see that? Whether he knows I'm using it, it just a, he can't help 
comfort to smile. There's something about it that sends a glow. I never will forget my father who used to serve cosmetologists and beauticians and he would go in to sell them. And my father was a master salesman. And he would go in and he would just compliment the hairstylist and tell them this. And they would say, Mr. Brown, they say, I know you jive it. I know you jive it. But it sounds so good. Keep on. And this is So if you... And, and if you can just serve someone, even in the small things, and if you gear your mind to the apron mentality instead of in the bib mentality, we walk out of the door wanting someone to compliment us about how, we, how good we're looking. That's the bib mentality. If you put on an apron, it changes you. And to the Jesus-like spirit. And then it will make you great. Because Jesus said, those among you who would be great must be the servant of all. The second quick thing is this. Serve outside of your area of responsibility. Now let me explain what I mean by that. You see... Let me just explain as, a, as an employer and as a manager the three levels of employee just dealing with promptness. There are three levels of employee just dealing with promptness. There is the first level, the best level, they get to work early. Now, what are those next two levels? On time and late. So y'all know, some of y'all may not own a business, you may not be managing people, but you all understand those three levels. Early, on time, and late. An on-time person meets their responsibility. That's all they're required to do, is to be there on time. An early person goes beyond their responsibility. And I don't have to explain about a late person. So when, when I say serve outside of your area of responsibility, first thing you must understand, you need to handle your responsibilities first. See, see, don't go out here all the time, oh, I'm a, I'm a really, and you, you're, not handling, you're not handling what you're supposed to be doing. See, so you, you handle, don't, don't go out here trying to even deal with a whole lot of stuff outside your house. So you first of all handle what you're supposed to handle inside your house. You know, handle your areas of responsibility first. Don't go out here compliment another woman and you haven't told your wife how good she's looking. You understand what I'm saying? So, so, so don't go. First, handle your areas of responsibility first. There are some things, and see, most of the time when I deal with most of the problems in the world, most of the problems that I have to deal with, it is because people have advocated because they have not handled their basic responsibilities first. So you handle your basic responsibilities first, and then you move to the point of where you serve even outside of your area of responsibility. You serve outside of what you're supposed to do. You get there early instead of just getting there on time, but for heaven's sake, don't get there late. So that's what I'm saying. To serve outside of our areas of responsibilities because we will have already first as a priority met our area of responsibility. Third thing is this, serve daily. If you go back and listen to the message that I preached years ago called Personal and Confidential, I outline some of the things that God gave me as specific commands. And one of those commands was to help 
someone every day. And every day that I wake up, I have to make sure that before I go to sleep on that night, that I have helped someone every day. And you'll be surprised how it changes your mentality when you must then focus on, I've got to find someone to help. I am looking for an opportunity to help someone. I'm looking for an opportunity to serve. So when I walk out of the house or before I leave the house, I have to, I have to fulfill that command every day. I must help someone every day. When you get that mentality, it will change your mentality from a bib mentality to an apron mentality. And we'll never be able to grow. We'll never be able to mature. We'll never be able to become what God has truly destined for us to become until we can move beyond the bib. And, and it's too many of us, I, I hear some of you thinking, now, I hear what you're saying, Pastor, but I need somebody to serve me. I need help myself. Who is it who doesn't need help? Show me someone who doesn't need help right now. And you see, the only person who does not need help, you just don't know the whole story. By the time you look at the whole story, show me someone who doesn't need help. All of us need help. All of us have an excuse. All of us often have an overburden of responsibility. But when you change from the bib mentality, and when we change from the baby, and one thing a baby will constantly do is cry and whine, no matter how good the circumstances. So when we change our mentality, it'll change what we get. And we'll change what we are in the eyes of God and in the eyes of our fellow men. And we will become the light of the world that Jesus has destined us to be so that his light will be able to show through us. For those of you who have joined us electronically, you can hear this message again. Simply go to airjesus.com. This is message number 5294. You can email it to a friend absolutely free at airjesus.com, message number 5294. We thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word, because, brother, you need the Word. Yeah.